Hi, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Joskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Welcome to Billy Joel A to Z. Today, we are talking about the L song, Leningrad. Leningrad is the seventh song or second song off of side two of Billy Joel's 11th studio album entitled Stormfront. Leningrad was oddly released as a single and follow-up to We Didn't Start the Fire in October of 1989, but never made the top 100 on Billboard charts in the U.S., and yet... It appears as a greatest hit on Greatest Hits Volume 3. What's that all about? He ran out of hits. Apparently. It did reach as high as 14 in Germany and the Netherlands, but in this town, it's all about the billboard charts. So, Christopher Bonanos did a little ranking out of 121 songs. Alan Altman, where does he put this song, Leningrad? I think the song's pretty good. I think he'll put it at 61. That's pretty good. When you said, I think this song's pretty good, I was already shocked. But then when you said 61, I was like, oh, I guess you got 71. Okay. Yeah, that's where it belongs. It's it's fine. It's good. Yeah. Uh, he says the music is gooey. <laughs> but uh, he seems to like it and deserves to be revisited, Mr. Bonanno says. Glenn Gamboa puts it at 84. That's a little bit more where I'd put it. And the fans, whoever these people are, Get ready. Put it at 34. Oh, interesting. <laughs> now we know the fans live in Germany or Russia. Clearly. Because uh, this <laughs> Vladimir song... Putin set his his like uh, groups of computer hackers to just hack the fan vote and put Leningrad way too high. Very important. We have good Billy Joel reference in Mother Russia and America. <laughs> I was born in Leningrad. I must have this song in top 35 at least. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this, uh, I was not looking forward to doing this song. I saw it on the list. I'm like, Ugh. in re-listening, really, there are no bad Billy Joel songs. I'll just say it that way. I, I mean, really, really, there aren't. And, uh, you know, again, listening, I don't, I don't like this song. I don't like the sadness of the song. I don't like the message of the song. But the melody, uh, you know, you listen to it a couple of times. I'm like, you know, it's still pretty good. I was enjoying the melody. I'm still not enjoying the message. I just don't care. But it's it's not a horrible song, but it's not, you know, it's it's definitely not a song anybody says, oh, my God, I love that song. And it's definitely on, not on anybody's list where they're going to be like, oh, do you know Leningrad? Are you guys talking about Leningrad? Are you going to talk about that on Billy Joel A to Z? That's just not a thing. So that's the kind of song it is. It's weird. Just like the entire album, except for we didn't start the fire, quite frankly. <laughs> that's the not weird part of the album. That's a weird album right there. I don't know. I don't think it's weird. I think some people might find this to be a favorite of theirs because musically it is very pleasing. I, I could see people really resonating with the message uh, or just the sound of it. 
but I feel like it's kind of like two songs in one. And Billy Joel's talked about this, how he used like, uh, I guess, major keys for the Russian verses and then minor keys for his American verses about his own life. And I, I feel like the Billy Joel uh, verses are the best parts of the song. I like those sections. That's talk, you know, growing up in 49 and Levittown when the, the song seems to get more energy when he's doing his verses and the ones about the guy in Leningrad, Victor are kind of dull and like flat. And that is interesting, but it's funny. Yeah, of course you like the word. As soon as I go listen to the song, I'm like, wait, did he just say Levittown again? What is it with this guy? Wait, <laughs> represent. A, I couldn't believe my ears when I heard it. He's doing a song about Leningrad and a stupid Russian clown. And all of a sudden I hear the goddamn words Levittown again. This guy is so obsessed with Long Island. I mean, what, what are you kidding me? Is it necessary <laughs> to continue to just put songs about Jericho Turnpike and Levittown and Oyster Bay in every song that you do? Yeah, it's funny because like Leningrad is the second biggest city in Russia. And then he's comparing that to Levittown, the 18th best town on Long Island. <laughs> 18th. I wonder. Maybe, maybe I'm throwing out a number there. But that feels generous. Uh, it was just, it was so funny when I heard Love It Down. I was like, wait a minute. Did I just hear what I heard? You know, because I wasn't looking at the lyrics at first. I just listened to the song and a realist. And that's the way I start the process. And I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe I'm mistaken. And then I looked at the lyrics. I'm like, he did say Levittown. It wasn't my imagination. This guy can't help himself. Yeah, he's doing the same thing he did in the Ballad of Billy the Kid, right? Where it's all this story about this cool guy, Billy the Kid. And then at the end, it's like, from a town known as Oyster Bay, Long Island. <laughs> what the hell? Like, Why are you bringing yourself into this? He can't help. He's so full of himself. <laughs> well, I mean, I would be, too, if I was Billy Joel. And I, you know, Mary Chrissy Punky. But um, I'm just saying, uh, I just I can't imagine using the word Edison, New Jersey in multiple songs. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I had no idea it was about a circus clown. Did you? Well, that's the funny part of the story, because when that line comes in, you're like, what is he making up about this guy? It's like this guy named Victor. He's a Russian guy who drinks vodka and he's in the army and then he becomes a clown. And you're like, what is a fake, stereotypical Russian life this Billy Joel is making up? And then you realize it's a real guy. And that's it's, just hilarious. I mean, I must have heard the song, I don't know, a dozen times in my life. I mean, they did. I guess they played it on the radio a little bit back in the 80s, uh, maybe early 90s. But uh, I didn't I must have heard it a couple of times, never knew it was about a circus clown. I mean, I maybe heard him mention the word clown. You know, it's funny when you hear a song, if you know, sometimes you don't delve into the lyrics a lot or what they mean. And then when we do a show like this, you know, you get into it and you're like, wait, this is about a circus clown. Is this guy has this guy again? Joe lost it. I'm going to make an album about a uh, first. I'm going to put in all these references from history from 1940 on. And then I'm going to do a song about a circus clown. I mean, no wonder Phil Ramone didn't want to work on this album. He's like, Billy, I think I'm out. Yeah. Billy finished writing. We didn't start the fire. And he's like, oh, crap. I forgot to mention clowns. <laughs> I'm just going to have to make it an entire song. I'm going to forgot <laughs> to mention a circus clown. Remember, a circus clown. It's a big difference than just a clown. Bozo. A lot. If you never heard of Bozo, how could you never heard of Bozo? Bozo's gone, man. <laughs> Get out of the 60s, man. <laughs> Bozo? No. B-O-Z-O. Sorry. I... You've never heard of Bozo the Clown? No. How could you not know who Bozo the Clown is? I don't know. I just don't. How can you call yourself a clown and not know who Bozo is? Hey, man. What are you hassling me for? This is just a gig. It's not my life. 
I don't know who Bozo is. What is he a clown? What, is he a clown? What are you kidding me? Well, what is he? Yes, he's a clown. All right. So what's the big deal? There's millions of clowns. All right, just forget it. Forget me? For you should forget it. You're living in the past, man. You hung up on some clown from the '60s, man. You know what the weird part is about the Bozo and the Seinfeld episode that we're discussing is that I completely remember Bozo. I mean, it was a big. He was. That's why that episode. Res- I'm like, how could that guy not know who Bozo is? Well, even so, I, I never watched Bozo, but I always knew Bozo the Clown. That was like the most famous clown. I knew that name. Yeah, I used to watch the show when I was a kid. I mean, I, 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 I don't remember where it came from or how it was on, but we all knew Bozo the Clown. And isn't that the line that he puts in there? Is the clown necessary after you put after the word after you name somebody Bozo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But this guy, how about this guy? When you do a little more research on this song and this interesting guy and, you know, you find out that, uh, you know, like he said, he's a real guy and he had, you know, real, uh, you know, situation being a a clown in a communist country, which is hilarious in itself. And then that there's a relationship between him and Alexa Ray Joel and, you know, that he came to visit Billy and what was it around 2000 uh, in 2015, he came back to the U.S. 2015 and they reconnected and they have a picture with Alexa Ray. She, he met her when she was like three or something. Right. Or what was it? Yeah, because that's that's in the in the song. They say you made my daughter laugh. And that's like why Billy Joel became friends with him, because Alexa Ray liked this Russian clown yeah. during the Russian tour. What's funny about the reunion is that um, Alexa Ray posted on her Instagram about it. It's like a really nice, heartfelt message. Well, then, of course, she has to throw in like a promo for her upcoming shows in the middle of it. She writes, please don't leave the States just yet. Come back for my shows next week. Oh, God. Well, that's <laughs> what we would do, too. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we can't. Yeah, we can't really blame her for that. Did you see the one where he did it on German television in 1989? Yes. What's funnier than the song fading out when they're singing just like a Partridge Family episode? You mean because we, clearly a lip sync song? Clearly lip sync. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the german audience is like where's the chorus that's singing i don't see them anywhere yeah. <laughs> where's the rest of the band and you heard about billy using uh his old high school chorus for this yeah the hicksville high school chorus who i thought sounded good i usually don't like choruses and songs but um i thought this worked fine it didn't bother well, me well, it's funny he said he he needed a choral group that he didn't want highly trained operatic voices so i called his old high school chorus director or his music teacher or something, which is very kind, but that's, you know, what, 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 what do you mean? You don't want uh trained, but what does that mean? What are you, know, what, what are you getting a course for anyway? Yeah. I mean, why don't you just say, I wanted to use my, I wanted to throw this guy a bone. <laughs> What's yeah. Deal? Yeah. I'm doing a favor for my friend. What's what do you want me to say? I'm, yeah. I don't want, I don't want to use the Harlem boys choir for everything. I'm going to use these guys instead. And that's so sweet. When I hear the instrumental portions of this song, it always does sound familiar to me. Like is Billy doing, some kind of classical piece that I'm not aware of. There, there's definitely something that he's doing an homage to here. Yeah, I agree. It was like, it does sound very classic. It does sound like a, 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 some sort of classical piece we know, but we know he does touch on those kind of things sometimes. So I'm sure he would tell us if he was with us. Yeah, I ripped off. It's a combination of Mozart and Bach and the, the two of the second movements movements. <laughs> I feel like he probably did pick some Russian composer and, you know, cause it's a Russian song. It's probably like, Oh yeah, that's Stravinsky or. Oh, whoever. good point. That's probably exactly where it's from. And this, but this, so right. Cause this came out of 
the bridge tour when he went to Russia. Right, right. So this next album was Russian, uh, quote, influenced, uh, which is just, you know, his experiences over at Russia. Thank God we only got this song. Uh, but I, I feel like there's more on this album, but I can't remember thinking. Of- well, I mean, the album cover looks like a Russian flag. Yeah. And, in fact, isn't the Kreplock album like kind of like the Stormfront album, too? Isn't it? It's all red, too. And yeah, that one's even more like a Russian flag. Stormfront might just be like a warning flag for like at sea, maybe. I'm not sure. Well, it is. It is. But it's yeah. but it is interesting that he comes back from Russia and he makes an album that's a red cover. Yeah. Good point. Well, what's funny is he's done this kind of theme before, you know, this who was right, who was wrong. Like we see that in Goodnight Saigon. He, he mentions that same theme. And then later on in River of Dreams, uh, the song Shades of Grey, it also has the same kind of theme to it. So he's always looking at these like wars and thinking how, hey, there's good people on both sides. Yeah. And uh, that's why, although this song is OK in that sense, I prefer one of the other songs that came before this was Sting's first solo album where. I, I think it's called the I, I think it's just called Russians. Like, <laughs> I hope the Russians love their children, too. And he and he talks about all that kind of stuff that, uh, you know, we have children here. You have children there. Let's not uh, explode anything. That, and that's a better Russian song, actually. I, I like, do you know that one? It was a hit. I don't know that song. It was off his solo album. And it was uh, really the what are the dream of the blue turtles? I think it was called. And it was very, very good. A really good excellent sting song that people you know that's a it's a, unbelievable you could make a song called russians if so called leningrad well the leningrad wasn't a hit but i mean the the nerve of these guys putting it out I and mean, that shows you how what a powerful musician you are that you can be like no you'll like it you'll like it don't worry <laughs> Yeah, and he made a music video for it, which is so funny because it's just him playing piano and then images of like the Cold War in Russia and then some videos from the Russia tour when he's meeting the, the clown. Oh, but it's such a not MTV video. Like you can never picture them playing this. Maybe it's for VH1. So that's why it's so funny that I watched one of these reaction videos again from this very cute girl, black girl, like from like a different, maybe a different country. She had, she had an accent. I don't know. Mm. She was so cute. And she, you know, I, I mean, I love these reaction videos because, you know, I'm kind of experiencing it myself. You know, she puts on the, the headset and she's watching the video and she's getting very moved. But then her answer was she just goes, she stops the pause and she goes, oh, I'm so glad I wasn't born during the war. <laughs> that, that was her reaction. <laughs> <laughs> well, then that, that's the point Billy Joel was trying to make. Like, hey, these people had it really tough. Uh, you know, in, in 2016 at MSG, he did a Leningrad Allentown back to back, which uh, actually makes sense. Yeah, right. Because they're both about the downtrodden working class. Yeah. Uh, did you hear the Gregorian version of Leningrad? No. <laughs> by, the, by a church? 
<laughs> I did not it, hear that. It is exactly probably the perfect song to use for if you are doing Gregorian chants. Uh, they do the whole song or they just do like the choral part at the end? Oh, no, they do the whole song. Like with lyrics? No, mostly instrumental. Mostly instrumental. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really uh, what's well, terrifying. Yeah, that would scare <laughs> me. I would feel like I was back in Russia. Yeah, yeah. Mother Russia. On the German TV interview, did you watch when they, well, after he plays Leningrad, did you watch when the German host interviews Billy Joel? Yeah. It's really weird because he starts talking uh, a little bit in German. Then Billy Joel says something in German. He's like, oh, you speak German. And then Billy Joel's like, my dad was a Nuremberger. And then the host goes, you don't look so typical German, which is so funny because like, I want the Billy to be like, I'm a Jew, you asshole. (laughs) Right, right. You kicked us out of here. No, I was shocked when he started speaking German. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> yeah, that was shot. I was afraid. Yeah, guy's so funny. He knows a little French, knows a little German. I guess that's, you know, his uh, he's smart, but he talks stupid. That's what makes him a very interesting character. Yeah, yeah, that's the combo. He talks like this, but he's like, he's like, yeah, again, it's just like, yeah, you know, that Ludwig Beethoven was all right. You know, he really is truly the Amadeus character. You know, when 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 you yeah. have these, uh, you have like a David Byrne, you know, like who's the 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 uh, the Salieri guy, and then you have this Billy Joel, and he's like, "Why is he so talented? It's not right." He's I wrote an this on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> there was also that Q and A from Germany from like the mid nineties, and Billy Joel is trying to tell a joke about like uh, how on the Russia tour he was like they. He's like, their, their vodka bottles don't even have a screw top. They just have a thing where you just pull it out because you got to finish the whole bottle. And I think he was expecting a big laugh, but the crowd was just like not getting the nuance of Billy's joke. And that's a Q&A where? It was in Germany oh. in 95. It wasn't well, one of those like American college ones. I don't want to say anything, Alon, but if you've ever watched AGT, America's Got Talent, uh, we all know that Heidi Klum doesn't get any of Dan Natterman's jokes when he's uh, you know talking, which means the Germans, as we already know, have no sense of humor whatsoever. That's a good point. That's two <laughs> so, data points right there. Germans cannot laugh. Now no, know. so I'm not exactly sure. But it's funny when Natterman, our friend who's a comic, and all the comics that are on America's Got Talent, but especially Natterman, who's so funny to us, so funny. And Heidi's like, I don't get it. And Howard Stern and Howie Mandel are being like, are you out of your goddamn mind? This guy is amazing. <laughs> she should have no interaction with any of the comics. It's unfair. <laughs> yeah, she wants to see people like throw pies in their face. Exactly. Oh, now that's good. Right. Her and Bumblebee Man. Right. <laughs> have the same sense of humor. All right. Dan Natterman now online right now on Twitter. They're saying that the, the judges are very cranky tonight. Do you <laughs> agree with what everyone's all. saying? We're well, once again, Heidi and I are uh, at loggerheads. I don't understand why she was offended by that. I, in fact, offended. I complimented her. No, no, I said, no, it other- was just not funny. It wasn't funny. Oh. It, was funny. Oh. It, was, it was. It was. I think they're cranky. <laughs> Well, you made me laugh and you made everyone else here in Radio City laugh, correct? Alon, 
I mean, I, I, you know, I've seen him. I saw one where he does it live in, in 2016, but I, I would assume that this is a very rarely played live one. And unless, you know, I, I think he did it that day because the guy, Victor, the clown was there, right? <laughs> yeah, that had to be why, right? So has he played it any other times live besides, and I'm saying not after 1989. Yeah, it's not super, super rare, but he play, he pulls it out on certain tours, usually on European dates, because like, as you said, it, it did chart in Europe. So right. when he's doing a show in Germany or the Netherlands, like he'll throw this in. So it's the 57th most played song. He's played it 47 times. Uh, I'd say probably half of those were on the Stormfront tour. And then since then, he played it on the 2006 tour. He played it in 16 and 17 at MSG a few times. Oh, really? So it gets played. And it's actually a song that I think he could do now, even though his voice is changing or whatever. It's, it seems like one he could still handle. So it's a good one for him to bring back. You think if so? the crowd cared about it at all? Well, that's what I'm saying. Would you be disappointed if he uh, wasted a song? We, 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 you know, the tickets are so expensive. You get one shot, and you'd be like, "Would would you be like, oh my god, he did Leningrad?" Or would you be like, "Ugh," and he did Leningrad? If I was, if he was performing at the Nassau Coliseum, I think it would be cool to bring this one out. So when he mentions Levittown, oh, people would be like, "Yeah, good point." Good. He, point. he should do all songs where he mentions Long Island. The whole set list is just Long Island. That's not a bad idea <laughs> i mean that's the thing if he wasn't billy joel and didn't have a residency and was you know struggling to be like i gotta get people out that would be definitely i'm just gonna do songs with the mention of long island like we've said most of the artists we know at this point are doing complete albums like steely dan like hey it's gaucho night you know or something billy joel doesn't need to do that it's funny he doesn't need to get people in the seats because who wouldn't go to hey, we're doing the entire album of the stranger the whole way through, you know, and then we'll play some hits. You know what I'm saying? Like who wouldn't come to that, but he doesn't need to do tricks. Yeah. The diehard fans are coming anyway. They don't need to be um, influenced by something special, like a, a specific album. He's like the only one, everyone else, even the greats. I, I saw Stevie wonder saying like, we're doing, we're doing the entire album of songs in the key of life. And I went to that concert a couple of years ago, you know, they need tricks. Yeah, I went to see Brian Wilson at the Beacon Theater and he was doing, um, I think it was all of Pet Sounds. Yeah, I mean, I'd go see that. I'd be in, you know, and then they and then they hit you with the hits after, you know, it's it's great. It's perfect. That's a that's a nice concert. Yeah. So it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Dave, do you have a stumper for me? Oh, I got one for you. I got one for you, Alon. Okay. All right. Comedy folklore. Jerry Lewis made a film in 1972 called The Day the Clown Cried. Do you know about it? Um, no. Oh, wait. Uh, is this the movie that he had? He made sure it would never get released. Yes. It was so bad. OK, so you've heard the, the, yeah. the stories, right? OK, uh, so Jerry Lewis made a film in 1972 called The Day the Clown Cried. It is about I'm just telling our listeners it is about a clown in the Holocaust who um, uses his, uh, you know, comedy and fun to take children to the gas chamber during the Holocaust, take the Jewish right. children to the gas chamber. And Jerry Lewis made this movie and he will, he said he'd never really, after making it, he decided never to release it. The script though, has gotten around the comedy community and a bunch of comics have done readings of it. like, I know Pat Oswalt did a reading of it once and I had a copy of it here. I have a copy. Um, <laughs> I think I know where it is too. 
And so I, you know, I was even involved that I got a copy, which was very exciting. And, you know, it's it's got awful. No one wants to see it. The fact that it was made, it's like, you got to be kidding. Who would make a movie like this? So but the question is, and here's the trivia question, Alon. Can you tell me whom is the only person to have actually ever seen the film? There's one man who has seen the film. He is a hero of yours. And we talk about his legendary TV show on this podcast on almost every single episode. But we've never mentioned the person's actual name. All right. Is it Gary Shandling? No, but that's that's an excellent guess. We talk about his TV show. So is it Matt Groening? No, but you're right there. That's the TV show. So Okay, so one of the... Is it uh, James L. Brooks? No. Sam Simon? No, it's it's not a writer. Conan O'Brien? It, no, he's a writer. It just, it's one of Dan the actors. Dan Castellaneta? No. Would, is it a really? voice? I mean, do you really think Dan Castellaneta is the one, the only person on the planet who's seen the day the clown cried? I'm trying to think who associated with that show, The Simpsons. It's an actual logical answer in a way because it's like, oh, I could see where he somehow got to see it. And this guy is fully associated with The Simpsons, not just like he did a fully associated with The Simpsons and certainly beyond. Why is it so hard for me? Uh, I don't. You're just not thinking. I mean, it's Harry so Shearer. Harry Shearer. That okay. is the answer. <laughs> I was going to say. I was going to say it's Mr. Burns. It's Principal Skinner. It's a, yeah, I could have just gone on for hours. Like, well, I still don't get it. No, I, I knew you were going to get it. Yeah, Harry Shearer is the only person who's ever seen this film. So how did that come about? I believe it is stored. In a vault at USC, the University of Southern California, in their department, some and Harry had a friend who worked the vault, and he's the only one to have seen it. I know this to be a fact. I can't wait till this comes out, like years from now. It's it's going to get released, right? It's uh, well, apparently it's it's supposed to get released in like twenty twenty five. Not released, but he's gonna. I I think he had some sort of thing where. Nobody can see that. I guess he was really planning as long as I'm way dead. Yeah, like till 10 years after my death, then you can let it out. Something like that. But uh, whatever the case may be, yeah, no one's seen it except Harry Shearer, but there is the script available. It's probably available online at this point, but I, I don't think you could see the movie. There might be a trailer, but it's real. Fun. That's the first thing I thought of as soon as I saw Victor the Clown. I couldn't stop thinking about the day the clown cried. It's funny because it reminds me of uh, Life is Beautiful, which like won an Oscar, which is about a guy who's making the Holocaust fun for his kid by being a kind of a goofy guy. Although he's not bringing him to the he's trying to save the kid. He's not trying to. No, I know. That's why I would never see a happy moment. That actor, Roberto Benigni, I couldn't stand him at the time. I couldn't stand him winning the Oscar. Everything about that movie made me angry, but I couldn't stop comparing it to this. And I'm like, well, if that one, why why doesn't he just release the day the clown cried? I'm sure Jerry Lewis was watching that. Like, are you kidding me? I, I guarantee it. Yeah. He's like, all we needed was one rewrite. Just one little rewrite. We would have been there. Yep. And he did it 20 years earlier. Do you have a Leningrad trivia question for me? <laughs> yeah. Mine is about uh, someone who was born in the city of Leningrad. Okay. Okay. You're a, you're a Star Trek fan. I am. Okay. So my question is, what Star Trek movie actor, and this is from the newer series of movies from the 2000s, uh, not the older ones. Damn it. I was going to say Pavel Chekhov. What actor was born in Leningrad? 
It's not the guy that plays checkoff. It's the guy who plays checkoff, but do you know his name? So right now you're you're 58% right. So it's not Walter Koenig. That's the old actor. The new actor who played checkoff. I could picture his face. He has curly hair, but I don't know his name. It was Anton Yelchin. Yeah. Alon, again, I'm just going to preface. If you don't want to sing a parody this time, it's fine. Nobody's going to say, uh, you know, don't worry. It's just Leningrad. But do you got something? I think you you, you do. You always I got do. something. So uh, instead of Leningrad, my song is called Lenin's Dad. All right. That sounds good. You know, you're right on target. You're right on topic. The, the Get Back documentaries out. Yeah, the Beatles are hot right now. Yeah. All right. Alfred was poor, grew up in Liverpool. He was a bum, barely went to school, had a son with Julia, then left like a fool. He returned in the Beatles fad and said he was John Lennon's dad. Alfred married a girl who was just 18. He tried to make it on the music scene, released a record as Freddie Lennon to cash in on his famous son. John made sure it was not a hit because the song was a piece of shit. Freddie put the music career aside and had two kids with his teenage bride. Hey now. I think that was the best one you've ever done. Besides, it's all true. <laughs> the, yeah, well, well, that's why it was interesting. I didn't know any of that. So that was like interesting. It, I, I almost wish uh, we could put music to that one. <laughs> that was we'll fascinating. Gregorian chants in the background. <laughs> I didn't know any of that. I didn't know any of that stuff. That's fascinating. I didn't know. I was wondering. I never don't remember hearing about anything about Lennon's that he was a piece of shit. Well, what happened is he was an orphan then he married this lady, Julia, and knocked her up. But then he went off to sea. It was like World War II and he was a sailor. He was actually a bellboy on ship. So he wasn't much of a sailor. He was oh. a, a helper. Somebody so anyway, he's off at sea. While he's away, um, she takes up with some other guy and has another kid. And so wait he, a second. Wait a second. You're just giving the premise of the movie Tommy. So yes, I right. don't know. He's Captain, Captain Walker. Walker didn't come home. His <laughs> unborn son will never know him. <laughs> well, nice she try, thought he was dead, though, because he went AWOL. He left the military, so she never got letters or money from him. So she was like, well, maybe he's gone. So anyway, she has another kid. And then he still when he found out about that after the war and John was like five years old, he still came back and like was willing to help raise that other kid. Also, you didn't see it. You didn't hear it. You never speak it. Never in your life. You never heard it. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. That uh, obviously uh, that's what you're doing because all, all that uh, thing I've never heard. So that's ridiculous. But anyway, then Lennon's dad tried to come back and then his mom threw him away. So his dad just left and went away for many, many years. And then when his mom died, he came back to Liverpool, but didn't even try to reach out to John until the height of Beatlemania when he saw that John was famous. And then he showed up at the office for the Beatles and was like, hey, it's me, your dad. And then he tried to release a single and John was like, you cannot let this be a hit. So he didn't let radio play it. Well, folks, that was Leningrad. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. So make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single song. 
Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Were you aware this song was about a clown? Aren't you glad you weren't born in Leningrad during World War II? What did you think of the Hicksville High School Chorus? And are you sick of the Long Island references? Until next time, I'm Alon Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. So my child and I came to this place to meet him eye to eye and face to face he made